Um, we have some guests here with us today, so uh, let me first introduce uh, the two crazy people you see up here on the stage. My name is Pastor Marcus McKay, Senior Pastor here at Advent. I'm the new guy, just arrived end of November, beginning of December, and uh, when I arrived, Pastor Grady obviously had already been working with our 7th and 8th grade catechumens, our confirmation class, and, uh, and so he kind of asked Senior Pastor, hey, what do you want to do? And I said, as little as possible. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, uh, you've started with the confirmation class, and I know what that's like. As a pastor, you really develop a relationship with the students. And uh, I said, you know, I'll sub a few times, and I'll get to know them, but uh, I think you should, you should finish up this class that you've started. And, uh, and so this is Pastor Jim Grady, uh, assistant pastor here at Advent, uh, longtime member for our guests. He's actually, you've been a member here 25 years? Yes. Went off to seminary about three or four years ago. Yeah. Ordained a year or two. Two years ago. August. Yeah. So I'm I'm senior by title. He's senior by wisdom and age. Right here. You got it. So um, anyway, so we have a good time together. So what we're going to do here this morning, we're going to call up uh, the confirmation students, and then we're going to make a little bit of fun of them. So, uh, parents, um, we're going to ask you to, to stand up and introduce the family that you might have with you, and then we're going to ask you to tell one simple funny story, appropriate, of course, um, about your son or daughter. Ooh. Yeah. And then after that, uh, we'll open it up the third? floor to any <laughs> questions that elders or whatever may have, and then Pastor Grady is going to kind of walk through a little bit of the examination right. Uh, before we start with that, I do want to say a, a couple of things that we don't do necessarily a public examination or a test, a written exam. Do you want to talk about that or you want me to just keep going? Keep going. Okay. You're doing great. Okay. Um, so what, what Pastor Grady had decided to do this year, which has really had been my practice where I came from, um, is we really want to know the faith of the student. That's the most important thing. Faith receives the Lord's gifts, right? Um, so wisdom, knowledge, understanding, some of that comes with age and, and time. Some of that you just feel like you never truly grasp everything. But simple faith, the faith of a child is the most important thing. And while they've been instructed in all the basics of doctrine and all of those things, um, what, what we like to do is sit down with the parents and literally go through all of the all the questions instead of just two or three like you might have at a public one. Um, so we do that because technically it's the parents that are presenting their son or daughter to the church and saying, hey, my son or daughter has learned what they need to learn. I know where their faith is at. They're ready to receive the Lord's body and blood. Um, and so let's get on with it. And uh, so that's kind of how, how we do things. And we'll be talking a little bit this next year about uh, emphasizing the role of the family and teaching at home with the children because um, that's something I think we've we lose sight of in our digital age, right? We just get stuck watching YouTube videos and uh, playing Candy Crush. Anybody still play Candy Crush? I don't know what all the new games are anymore. I just watch golf on TV and occasionally Netflix, so. Where do you find those games? I don't know, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. You're a flip phone that you have? Yeah. I don't think you can play that on that. Uh, last word real quick, all jokes aside. Um, so we probably have some family members here um, that uh, are, are not Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And so just a brief matter of explanation. Um, 
We are not the devil. We are not crazy. We are a little conservative uh, when it comes to uh, believing what God's word says on many issues. Um, unfortunately, there's issues that divide the Christian church. And all of you watch the news. Um, perhaps some of you have uh, been raised Lutheran and are no longer Lutheran. And you're here to support in the Christian faith. Uh, your grandson, granddaughter, you name it. Um, family is so important. <laughs> And at the heart of our Christian faith, of course, stands our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But in the midst of that, the Apostle Paul and Jesus himself also talked about that community, right? That community. And so communion, one of the things that, that we believe here, and we would ask that, that you would lovingly respect and try to understand, we practice something called closed communion. And at that point, some of you are probably ready to throw something at us and say, oh, that's so unloving. Um, it's not. Uh, Close communion is a matter of celebrating the Lord's body and blood with those you are in agreement with, okay? Um, and so Paul talks about one loaf of bread, if you remember some of those passages. He also says that if you have differences between your brother and sister, do you know what the Bible says to do? Leave your gift at the altar and first go and be reconciled. So our joy and desire, we would love for all Christians to take the Lord's Supper together. Wouldn't that be awesome? And, 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 and one day, that might just happen in heaven. We will. But this side of heaven, because there's differences in beliefs, the Lord says, you know, do that at your church and, and, and at your rail. So, so we practice closed communion. So um, if, if, if you are in fellowship with us, meaning you come to the Lord's table, when we take communion together, you're saying, I agree with you and you and you on all these issues of doctrine and sometimes hot-button topics, Right? And we're not going to mention all those words because some of you might get all riled up, right? We have a free country. That's a wonderful thing. We have freedom of religion. That's a good thing. Um, and so we respect other people's beliefs, and we would just ask that you would uh, respect ours. And we also don't want you to come to the rail and give your yes when you don't really want to give your yes. Does that make sense? Is that fair? Okay. Are we good? Kind of? Not really? Be I think we're good. Be true to your confession. Okay. Yep. Be true to your confession. That's been the practice of the church going back to the time of the apostles. Enough about that. Come grab one of us if you have any questions. Let's call the confirmands up here because there's this uneasy silence anytime we talk about church fellowship issues um, because we have different denominations. So you want to you want you want you want to do these now? Um, yeah, we can do that. We should probably open with a prayer. We should. Okay. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Almighty and everlasting God, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Mercifully grant that we may follow the example of his great humility and patience and be made partakers of his resurrection. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, I forgot something. I mean, the prayer was important. Um, if you're not Missouri Synod Lutheran, come up to the rail with your family, cross your arms so we can still give you a blessing. Got it? Okay, there we go. That's all I got. Your turn. Okay, so uh, confirmation students. Pick a seat, any seat. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There'll be one open. Um, Allie Shaw is not with us this morning. She, her uh, great aunt passed away last, I get this drive my head. Wednesday, I believe. So she's in Toledo at a funeral today. So we are going to uh, confirm her at a later date, as soon as we can. So um, let's see. 
Were we going to have families say something? Parents? Yeah, story. <laughs> so in, introduce your uh, son or daughter, and then introduce uh, your family and who you might have with you today. Okay. And, uh, and then tell a very short story. Don't be long-winded like us. Yeah, all right. Um, Christian, raise your hand. That's my son, Christian. It's my wife, Jennifer, sister, my daughter, Jamie, Christian's sister. Um, with us, we have Jim and Annette Shumpy. That's Jennifer's parents. And my dad, Linwood Brown, and Joe Meyer from uh, his dad's friend. Uh, as far as a funny story, kind of put on the spot, um, yeah, he's pretty funny about every day, but I remember one time we were fishing and he had looked and always wanted to catch a catfish and uh, he'd been fishing and, and he, he finally starts to reel, reel his line in and he's like, oh, I got a catfish, I got a catfish, I got a catfish. He's running around and drug it up on shore and that's about as, what I can come up with on, on the spot, so... <laughs> Was it a catfish? It was a catfish. It wasn't like an it old was, boot or anything? It was the first of many, so. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Pass it down. All right, so I'm um, Chris Kinneman, Rachel there. Say hi. Yep, that's our daughter. This is uh, Katie, my wife. Um, with us, we've got my parents, uh, Scott and Judy Kinneman, who are also Rachel's godparents. Um, oh, and Josh. Yeah. <laughs> He's so quiet, I forget about him. You know. um, I'm going to skip stories. I got too many, and uh, we're just going to stick with a uh, very strong-willed toddler. Ooh. You see that look? Yeah. If you tell a story, I am going <laughs> to... We will, we will pray for you. I got my mic oh, on. Oh, you guys so are again. Mic, yeah. You want to do this, Gina? Okay. Uh, Pastor Marcus McKay, um, our third son, Micah, Jonathan there in the, in the bow tie and the shoes. Um, and then my wife, Gina, who some of you know. And then we have, uh, he has three other brothers, Malachi, Matthias, and Mark is the youngest in the back with the crazy hat and glasses. And then um, Micah's uh, godparents, um, our sister-in-law, Mrs. Jerry Beverstock, uh, from uh, Amosville, Virginia, Amosville, and uh, my brother, uh, Mr. Jonathan McKay from Lawton, Oklahoma. And then also we have with us uh, my parents, Mr. Jay and Jean McKay, and, uh, and uh, my in-laws, Mr. Bob and Karen Rennie. And they're from, sorry, Can they're both from Kansas City. Oh, favorite story. Oh. Um, oh, my goodness. Okay. So, do any of you know what a, 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 a Torx screwdriver is? Okay. So, I had a nice set of those. Past tense. And so, we're getting ready to move uh, here. And I'm going, packing up all my tools in my garage, and I'm, where in the, where, I know those, where are those? Where are they? Where are they at? And so I finally give up, getting all the tools packed, and I'm getting our grills ready to go, which sit on the side of the house, a little smoker and a grill. And over on the side, the kids had made some sort of a golf course 
the designer architect like mowed the grass short and then there was like dirt and he put tin cans in the ground to put and all that stuff. And as I'm pulling stuff away from all of the, the grills, getting them cleaned up, ready to move, as I pull leaves back, I see all sorts of hand tools that are just rusted beyond belief. <laughs> they say stainless steel, they're not. <laughs> and so Micah, who wants to be an engineer, is the kid in the family that takes all my tools out of my toolboxes and I never know where they're gonna end up. There you go. That's all I got. Put it away. Well, think of a story. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Cummings and my husband Travis. We're the parents of Evan. And today with us we have my father, John Lauk, Alex, our oldest, and my sister-in-law, Lisa. And Evan has always been a pretty strong-willed person. And as a toddler in preschool, there was one time they were going to finger paint, and he was so excited he could not wait to finger paint. And they said, well, you got to put on your smock. And he's like, no, I just want to paint. And they're like, no, you need to put on your smock. And he's like, no, I'm going to paint. So ultimately, they got him in the smock, gave him the finger paint. He took it and slapped it on the paper and said, done. <laughs> just to prove a point that he didn't need anybody's direction to do anything. Nice. Nice. Good morning. Chris Kazmerzak, my wife Shelly, Nicholas and Annalise is somewhere I think serving breakfast still. She's over there. Uh, our son is Jack. Uh, with us today are Dave and Sandy Hawk, uh, Shelly's uh, mom and dad and Jack's grandparents his uncle Mike, Shelly's brother, his wife Melissa, their children, uh, Chris, Abby, and Timothy, and her sister Carrie. And we're glad everybody's here. My mom and dad are here, George and Lynn. So we've got a full house, a lot of people visiting. As for a funny story, um, two quick ones. Uh, one's more of an observation. Well, this is, you know, the second worst thing of giving a pastor the microphone is giving a lawyer a microphone. <laughs> two quick ones. Um, one, you know, Jack, he's played a lot of basketball games. We've, we've attended a ton of them. Grandparents have attended. And one thing that's f a funny observation is that uh, the parents spent more time in the stands not talking about his skills or shots he's taken, but the fact that he's got impeccable hair. <laughs> and his hair was always done and never moved during a game. <laughs> and I'm very envious of that, obviously. Um, Secondly, is a, is a more recent story. We were on spring break with uh, two other families in a home, and there were about 15 of us, and people had spilled out into the common area after dinner, and kids were playing cards, and all of a sudden, Jack jumps up and starts running and, and dives to the floor, <laughs> screaming, get down, everybody, get down! There's lasers on the wall. Apparently, he thought somebody was going to shoot him. <laughs> We, prob we probably still need to know about this because if he's worried about SWAT showing up any minute, maybe you need to let us know about that. So we're, we're very happy to be here this morning and blessed that um, we're here with, with Jack and enjoying the moment. Hello, my name's Eric Gashi. It's my son, Wyatt, at the end there. Um, I'm with my wife, Susan, his sister, Haley, and his mother, Teresa. Um, as far as uh, funny stories go, since... Um, he just had two of them. I'll 
pass mine along. I don't really have one at the moment, so. <laughs> All right. You weren't pointing the lasers, were you? No. Good morning. I'm Eric Hubert, and here with my wife, Jenny. Uh, Allison Hubert is ours. Uh, so uh, we've got several family members here with us. My parents, Paul and Becky Hubert, Jenny's parents, Dave and Mindy Werspon, and then uh, Allie's godparents are here with us, uh, Rick and Nicole Hubert and their kids. Uh, so they're up from Lexington. So uh, in regard to, uh, and her sister Lauren is here as well. <laughs> so she gave me the death stare for forgetting her. Uh, so uh, uh, we're very proud of Allie. Uh, just in terms of recalling stories on the spot, I, I remember uh, helping her learn to ride a bicycle. And uh, she, she's uh, very anxious about new things. So uh, basically, it, it effectively required us uh, putting her on the bi bicycle and saying, you can't get off the bicycle until you're riding. <laughs> and uh, I think about an hour-long meltdown of, of anxiety and worry. And then uh, and she's off and, and mas mastered it in no time. Uh, so. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. We'll go to Dan. I'm Dan Rosiniak, my son Leo. And with us today are my parents, um, John Rosiniak, Joanne Rosiniak, my wife Janet, my son home from college, John Alex, my nephew Christian from New Jersey, and just to get it out of the way, he's 6'11", he does not play basketball. Um, <laughs> my daughter, Julia. And uh, we're excited to be here. I'll just tell a quick story about Leo's first confession. Um, he was, he was, a, he was a, a very good child, but occasionally he was not nice to his sister. And occasionally, pretty rarely, he was not nice to the dog. He was rarely admitting this. Most of his, when we would talk about whether that was right or wrong, it was, I didn't know. But he had to go to the dentist and they needed to use nitrous oxide on him, and he had the little mask on him, and very quickly he admitted, sometimes I'm not nice to my sister, and sometimes I'm not nice to my dog. <laughs> That's great. David Van Veldhuizen, I'm my wife Wendy, and our daughter Desha Van Veldhuizen. Uh, with us here today are my parents, Dale and Linda, and Wendy's parents, Steve and Pat and two of her godparents, Brenda, her great-aunt Brenda, and her aunt Sherry. Um, and then also, yes, she does have three brothers, um, Dylan, Dalton, and Dane. <laughs> and then um, probably the one thing you guys want me to stall as long as possible, I understand, so you have less time for questions, so I will try to do that. <laughs> uh, funny story, a little impromptu. Um, Desha's played a lot of sports in her life, basketball, volleyball, soccer, and when she was nine, it was probably her second or third year club, and they warm up for about half an hour. And a lot of times they do what they call Brazilian toe taps, which is a fancy um, toe touch drill. And I'm out there with a brand new camcorder, and so she knows I'm camcordering her. And she goes over the ball doing these fancy toe touches and comes down right on the ball with her foot and, and falls over hard and hits the ground. 
and my oldest son was beside me. He's like, she hit the ground like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and so from then on, over the past four or five years, anytime anyone goes down hard, it's they did a sack of potatoes. And she started that. <laughs> Very nice. I think that's all. Did I miss anybody? No? Good. Well, last night I was cleaning out my car. And I set my catechism on the windshield, grabbed some other stuff, took stuff inside. I got out in the car this morning, and I said, what is on? Oh, no. And there was my catechism on the windshield. Rained on all night. It was about that thick. And inside of it were all the questions. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys. But, but I tore them apart. And I laid them on my floor in my office, and they dried. <laughs> Lucky you. Um, so, how, does anybody want to volunteer to go first? <laughs> I heard someone volunteering for you. I know, I heard, Michael will. Michael will. Got to volunteer, Wyatt. Okay. So, uh, regarding the Ten Commandments, you guys know them all, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, nine, and then ten. First commandment. Oh, we need a microphone. Third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Good. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. I think we missed a... No, we have... And then false testimony. Who said steal? No one. Uh-oh. Oh. Steal. Steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Okay. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Good. Blame Alice and Allie. She's not here. <laughs> you shall not cover your neighbor's wife, manservant, maidservant, ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Nice. So uh, the, the commandments we consider as being what? God's law. law. Right. Um, what's the most important function of God's law? Function as in. What is it meant to do? It shows us our sin. Shows us our sin. Right. Why is that important? Um, because we need to know what our sins are. So we can... Repent. Repent. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you didn't say do better so we can go <laughs> to heaven. <laughs> perfect. Um, in what way did Jesus keep the law perfectly? He never sinned. He never sinned. He obeyed all God's Ten Commandments. He obeyed all the commandments. And... Uh, and uh, most profoundly, maybe. What do you think is the most profound way that he obeyed them all? The most important, the most... Um, he just never sinned. Just never sinned. We could say he feared, loved, and trusted God, yeah, he right? Trusted God. And trusted God as his heavenly Father. He did what he asked, right? Completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, ooh. 
Righteousness. Who can describe righteousness? Okay. Um, righteousness is being like worthy. Worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being worthy. So we are worthy before God, aren't we? Uh, oh, no. Well, we don't deserve to go to heaven, but because okay. God died on the cross for us, we can. So because Jesus died on the cross, then we're given his righteousness, right? When we have faith. So, <clears throat> so righteousness is our right standing before God. Jesus had right standing before God. We don't. We receive his righteousness in faith when we believe that he died for our sins because we're sinners and we can't keep the law, right? Um, first article of the creed. Oh, wait, first, but one more question I almost forgot. All those Ten Commandments, which one do we get to fudge on? Which one, any of you guys, which one do we get to fudge on? Which one did God say, mm, well, mm, that one, okay. Any takers? None of the None of the above, correct. <laughs> That was the trick question every time I went and met with them. They, well, they sat there for a second going. And their parents are going, this is good, this is good. So, yeah, no, none of them. We have to keep them all. We're supposed to keep them all. Um, so, um, of the creed, first article of the creed, who knows it? You know, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Great. So, what's the work of God in the first article of the creed? What does he do? What is he described as doing? Just say the creed. He protects us and keeps us. Just just say, I believe in I believe in, in God, God the, the Father, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does he do? He, cre- he made all of us exactly. and everything. He made everything, all in creation, right? Everything you see, everything that is was made by God, and it was made perfect, right? So, in the second article, the creed describes who? Jesus. And what does Jesus do? What is his work in the second part of the creed? Um, he died. He dies. Why does he die? Because. To do what? Save us. To save us, right. So the work of Christ in the second article of the creed is salvation, correct? So now here's the tough one. Third article, and the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do in the third article of the creed? And you see they're all going... (laughs) We have a taker. He sanctifies us and keeps us in the one true faith. Sanctifies us and keeps, yeah, the whole church, right? He, the whole Christian church, the communion of saints. So uh, he gives us our good works to do, works God has planned out in advance, and we do all those good works so we can earn our, yeah, all of you, please shake your heads, no? Good, okay, good. No, we do those works because they're pleasing to God, and as his children, when we do them, he's happy. But they don't earn our salvation because who had to earn our salvation? Jesus. Jesus. Right. He was the only one that could do it. Um, 
Oh, let's see. If, in case you don't know, I'm a 60-year-old that suffers from ADHD. I haven't taken my meds this morning, so I may just fire questions all over the map eventually, um, which probably they enjoyed when I was at their house because I would jump all over the place. Um, so um, talked about this. What does it mean by when we, just, when we say Jesus died for us or Jesus died for me? And you'll hear of this in the sermon a little bit. Who's got that one? It means that he died for everyone, not just one person. He died for everyone. Sins of the whole world. But, so that's what, what, do we call that a certain kind of justification? Do you remember? It's, it's objective justification. The whole world, whether they know it or not. So when we know that that salvation comes to us through the Holy Spirit, gives us, we hear God's word, we call that what kind of justification? Yeah, I know. Subjective, right? So it's, it's for us. It's when you understand the for you of, of salvation, that Jesus died for you. So that's, the Holy Spirit gives that to you. Um, let's see. What are the spiritual things the Holy Spirit does in its work? I think, what did, we, did you say that? Who's got it? What does the Holy Spirit do? I think we are. I think we already said this. We did. I told you I would go in circles. Go ahead. It brings us to the true faith. Brings us to the true faith, right? Sanctifies us. Yeah. Um, okay. Who can explain how the Holy Scriptures are a, a gift of God through the Holy Spirit? How they came to be. Go. Some of them were like letters to other countries, and mm -hmm. some of them were just like written down for like, not memory, but like... To be scripture. Yeah. So, so how did the apostles, how did, they, how did they write these scriptures, or how did Moses write these? I mean, what, what was their process? Did, did, they, did, they, did they sit down and just kind of... <laughs> No, it was like straight from them. Straight from them. We call it verbal inspiration, where the Holy Spirit told them what to write. And they wrote what they had seen, right? The, the first-hand accounts of what they had seen. Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, this is one. Who can explain where the true church of Jesus Christ is found? Somebody gave me an answer to that, and I went, whoa, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> was that you? No, I think it was Wyatt. What, is it Wyatt? Yeah, I asked him, where do you find the true church of Christ? And he goes, heaven. And I went, okay, I better rephrase that question. <laughs> so where do we find the... I'll see if you get this. Where do we find the, the uh, true church on earth? Um, what are its marks? What do we see there? You see Christians in his church. You see Christians. How do you know? How do you know that that, that is 
Christ Church. What, what things go on there? Um, what do you hear and see? You hear God's word from the Bible. And, and what do you receive? You receive sacraments like baptism and communion. Baptism and communion, the Lord's Supper. So where you find those things, done as Christ instituted them, right? That baptism truly saves and baptism of infants saves and where there is belief that the true blood, body and blood of Christ, right, are in, with and under the bread and wine, mm-hmm. that's where you find the true Christian church, right? So if you are ever tempted or you go to a church with a friend and, you know, well, no, we just don't do the communion thing, you know, but boy, we shake each other's hands real good and we really like each other, um, you better be, keep looking, right? So you want to be where the Lord gives his gifts. Um, the Lord's Prayer. Who hasn't answered a question in a while? What is prayer? Um, talking to God. Talking to God. Yeah, yeah, talking to God. How do we know we can do that? Because Jesus said so. Because Jesus said so. He taught us, right? And what is yeah. the first part of the prayer he taught us? Our Father who art in heaven. Yeah. So when we talk to God, we're talking to who? Jesus. Jesus. But in the Lord's Prayer, we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. So, so who are, we're talking to God, but we're addressing him as who? The Holy Spirit. And our God. And our God. Our Father. Right? Just simple words. The answer was built in. But our Father, a, a dear, loving Father, that we can ask for anything we desire, right? And what is it that we desire most and that we should always pray for that God wants us to have above all things? Um, repentantness. A repentant heart. Yeah. And therefore, when we repent, we receive body and blood. Forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. He wants us to have faith, right? So, can we pray for a a new car on our 16th birthday? Yeah, we can. (laughs) I'm going to probably guarantee 99% of you what the answer will be. (laughs) Sorry. But we can pray for those things. God wants us to pray, right? And he will answer our prayers, right? Yes, no, wait. Wait. Um, but he wants us to pray constantly. Just always praying to God. Um, so that's what we call it our holy life, holy living. Um, let's see. Hmm. Should we pray for something once and then not pray for it again? Boy, that's a 50-50 shot. Do we pray for something once, or can we keep praying for the same thing? We can keep praying for it. Yeah, yeah. Because in the Bible, uh, we have stories of people that pray to Jesus repeatedly. I mean, they, they, they are bugging him. You know, the, the, uh, the woman who wanted to, uh, you know, referred to scraps coming off the table. You know, she wanted her uh, daughter healed. You know, heal my daughter. He says, no, no, those things are just for, you know, uh, 
those in Jerusalem. She said, no, no, even the dogs eat the scraps that fall off the master's table. And she just kept, <clears throat> finally, she's like, okay. So, yeah, we can, we can keep asking. God wants us to keep asking. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Baptism. You don't even know the question. Good. <laughs> da, da, da. Let's think. I think I can kind of guess. Maybe we'll open this up to the floor. No. <laughs> we baptize everyone. Everyone. Babies. Why? Because it is right to do so. If they desire forgiveness of sins, we, the duty as the church is to applaud. Like, so, if they require forgiveness. But babies can't talk. Babies can't say, I desire this. So how do we know they need to be baptized? If they, they were born with sin. Very good. How do we know they're born with sin? Because everyone sins, and as soon as you come out of the womb, you're sinful. Right. So, so what proof do we have that babies sin from the Bible? The Bible says, go therefore and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and yeah. Holy Spirit. So all nations, nations include babies. Babies are sinful. But the sad fact is that the Bible says the wages of sin is death. I heard you all say that. And do babies die? Yeah, sadly they do. So babies, even though they can't talk and they can't open their mouth and, and confess that we can hear, we know they're sinful because they die. So they need forgiveness of sins, right? And I described a little bit of how we preach the gospel to them. Does somebody remember how we do that when we baptize them? What, the, what we do in baptism? When you're going down the like aisle, um, you say parts of the scripture to them so they can hear it right so we start baptism with scripture reading and telling how baptism saves and they can hear that the bible says that faith comes by hearing it doesn't say that faith comes by fully understanding so we believe that babies can hear they can have faith and they need baptism for the forgiveness of their sins um let's see Only three more pages. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, confession. Who wants to talk about what kind of sins we confess? Not what sins you want to confess right now, but what kind of sins do we confess? Who's, 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 let's go here. Do you know? What kind of sins do we confess? All sins. All sins. Right. Ones we do and ones we know of and ones we don't know of. Ones we don't know of. Right. So we should sit and beat ourselves up and try to remember, now, what, what, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? No. 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 But when we have sins, we confess our sins. And so we do that when we come to church on Sunday. We start our service with a confession and absolution. When should someone go to their pastor and confess their sins? When they don't believe that God really could forgive them for that, or when they don't feel forgiven? Yeah. When they don't know for sure that that forgiveness is for them. I, I use the example of if, you, if you're 
in the service and we do corporate confession absolution and the pastor stands in front and he says, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you're standing there in the congregation and you're just going, nope, that's not, no, not for this one. And for this person, yeah, for the, but, but that wasn't for me. That's when you need to go and confess whatever sin it is that's bothering and troubling you and speak it to your pastor. And then he'll put his hands on you and in the stead and the command of Christ forgive you all your sins. And there's no question in your mind that that was only for you because you're the only other person in the room. And then what does the pastor do once he hears your sin? He doesn't, he doesn't remember. It just goes out the other ear. Yeah, forgets it. Forgets it. Because God remembers your sins no more. I don't want to remember your sins anymore. Right? So he forgets it. Um, hey, hey, Pastor. Yeah? I, is that completely true? I, I thought we kept a big stick behind our door to knock sense into people. You make it sound really easy. You're, you're giving away the secrets. Is forgiveness that easy? It is that easy. Speak your sin, confess it to the Lord, and the Lord forgives it. Amen. And that's, that's, that's what we want all of you to have. That's what we want all of you to know. That in this faith, your sins are forgiven. Not because you're perfect. Because if you were perfect, you wouldn't need your sins forgiven, would you? Nope. But we sin much and daily. And we always need God's forgiveness. Uh, do you, Pastor, do you have any questions? Or we, we probably need to wrap this up. Oh, we're ready to wrap it up. Wow. Okay. I mean, well, it's... You know what I think we should do is I think there might be um, some family members uh, or people in the congregation that might have a specific question for... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> so I'll just kind of stand behind. You take care of the mic. I, and I would just, say I hadn't heard of this, but I, then I'd be a liar. Yeah, and the truth okay. would not be in me. All right, so I'll just kind of walk behind them, and wherever I end up standing, if anybody has a question for that catechumen, raise your hand and we'll hand you the mic. Wow. <laughs> Any questions here? <laughs> I, I <laughs> didn't hear that. What was that? <laughs> Well, it's my birthday. Do you know your sister's birthday? Uh, yeah, I know what it is, but not today. It's not today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just going to walk around. Just raise your hand if you want to ask any questions. Normally, some joker asks someone to recite the Athanasian Creed. <laughs> do you, do you want to do the Athanasian Creed? No? Okay. All right. Any questions in general? For these students, I am hearing beads of sweat behind me. Oh, come the on! There's, there's got to be a lawyer out there with a question. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, oh, oh. oh over here. Ooh, office of the keys. Explanation of the office of the keys. Go. <laughs> What, what is the Office of the Keys? Hand her the mic. Let's yeah. see. What do we do in the Office of the Keys? It, we just talked about it. We confess our sin. Yeah. And so the Office of the Keys is that authority. Oh. Oh. She can do it. To what? 
What, what does the pastor, what is the pastor's role in the office of the key? He speaks in the stead of God and forgives our sin. Forgives our sins? Or? Hits you with a big stick. <laughs> Help her out. If he knows that the um, confessor is unrepentant, then he can withhold forgiveness from them. Right. Right. So the keys, it's the keys expound? They're the special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth through forgive the sins of unrepentant sinners. And what he said, he can, they can, he can also withhold them. Right. Good. Is, that, is that good? I think that's pretty good. Okay. All right. Do, 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 do. Oh, behind this guy? Okay. <laughs> yep, back in the corner. What? Meaning of the second article of the creed in five minutes or less. Wow, that's, that's a big one, father-in-law. Second article of the creed, the meaning, the explanation. I'll help you start it. I believe that I'm sorry, Jesus I'm Christ is... I know, I know. Oh, okay, sorry. I believe sorry. that Jesus Christ, I'll true start. man, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true, true Lord... True God, wait, did I just say that? True man, born in the Virgin, born in the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. That is, in that He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sin, from death, and from the power of devil. Now of gold or silver, but with His holy, precious blood, and innocent suffering death, that I may be His own, live under Him, and everlasting innocence. Is that right? Ever- innocence. Innocence, blessedness, right. and 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 what? Righteousness, Righteous. just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Very good. That's pretty quick. Very good. Okay. Now hold on. We got. We got. We'll come back to him, Mom. All right. <laughs> We're just kind of moving around here. Any any other questions? We got a few minutes left. And then the elders of the congregation might have any questions. Or some of our, uh, and not just elders in terms of elected, but some of you older, wiser members whose job as well with all of us is to continue to raise and teach, correct in all righteousness. Okay, you can have your son. Go ahead. It's a tough life being a pastor's kid. Well, this can go for anybody, but why do you think you are ready to be confirmed, and what do you plan to do with this vow that you are taking in the church? In other words, when are you going to move out of the house and get a job? That's not what I said. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> I guess that's going here. That might be a good question for all of them. We should do that. Yeah, why do you, why, why, okay, why do you want to be confirmed? Why do you think you should be confirmed, and what do you plan on doing with this vow? Not with all the money you get today, with, 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 your, with your faith. Hey, start on the end, then we'll come back to you. We'll get it. Well, it's okay. I mean, I, I think we all, we all believe in God. We all believe everything that we've been learning in the past two years of confirmation. And I think that... Knowing all of this, that's what, like, we know all of this, we're ready to be confirmed for that. 
and then I what I plan to do, I have some I mean, some of my friends at school that sometimes they ask me about like some of our like some of the things in our faith and I kind of want to explain it to them a lot better than I have been able to before. Okay. Why do you want to be confirmed and what do you plan to do with this with your vows? Why do I want to be confirmed? Uh, you heard her. <laughs> Why do you want to be confirmed? And how do you, what do you plan to do with, why do you think you're ready to be confirmed, sorry. Why do you think you're ready to be confirmed and, and what do you plan to do now with, with uh, your adult faith, your confirmation? Um, I, I think I am ready to become a adult, not adult, but like a kind of adult member and that con confirmation is about becoming, becoming one of God's and being confirmed and I think that um, we have all studied over the past years and we are definitely ready um, and I tend with that vow to stick to church and go to church every Sunday so or try to at least go every Sunday okay um, like Wyatt said I think we're ready because we believe and have learned more about what this all means and with the vow I plan to continue in the faith and help it strengthen my faith. I think I'm ready for communion because um, I've studied the catechism for two years and I understand most of God's word and um, with my confirmation vow I I feel like so, like some of my friends kind of like Wyatt said they don't believe and it would be nice to bring more people into the faith as I get older. That's good. I think that we are all ready because we have studied extensively and gone into detail of over all the scripture and we know what, what it means and how we should like view it and understand it. And with my vows I would want to like I guess learn more about it and try and understand more of what it means. What's the, what's the most important thing you think to understand that it means? What, is, what's the, what does scripture tell you about yourself? I'm sinful and I need to repent. Yeah. I think I'm ready to be confirmed because we have studied God and his word this, these past two years and it has really taught me a lot about what he does and his works, and I think I have enough knowledge to be confirmed. And the vow that I'm making is that I will try and come to church every Sunday that I can. Um, I think we're ready because we've gone through many years of learning about God, and I think we just have enough information that we're ready. And I also think in the future, um, this can help strengthen my faith, and I can help others, like um, teach them about God and stuff. I think we're all ready for it because we've all studied, like everyone said. And uh, with my vow, I will continue and strengthen my faith. Um, I think we're ready, not just because of the two years that we studied, but also because of Sunday school and the two years. Um, I'm, with my vow, uh, I plan to go to church every Sunday. 
Give him a round of applause. That's pretty good answers. Let's uh, thank as well our uh, seventh grade uh, families who provided the uh, cake punch and the uh, awesome chicken salad. That, that was just marvelous. Thank you. Uh, don't forget, if you want to get a picture, there's a confirmation board back uh, there in the corner that's got pictures of all of them together. Also, make sure you grab a little booklet. Uh, bulletins uh, were there on the entrance for church. We'll take pictures, parents, after the service is over. Oh, thank you. Good, thank you. Wonderful. Very good. You. you want to go to seminary? <laughs> we'll talk. Um, so parents, especially the confirmants, thank you for the time and the commitment. Um, we, we are well aware, both of us being parents ourselves, what schedules and activities and all that stuff. So thank you for bringing your children, uh, not just to church on Sunday, but also to class. Um, and guys, this is, this is not the end. As you get older, you realize the world is more screwed up than you ever realized, and, and sometimes that you are. And uh, the Lord comes to comfort and strengthen you. And uh, we pray that this is not the end of your journey, but this is just the beginning um, of, uh, of your future in our Lord's church and in his hands until he returns. Pastor Grady, anything else? I think um, this needs to be... Oh, yeah. Here, can you say that again real quick? Yeah. The confirmands purchased some candles for the church. I'm sorry, they're candles for the church. And um, we have a couple of woodworkers in the church that have made um, candle stands for them. So um, hopefully this will be a beautiful addition to the altar. And then Let's... we also want to thank Mr. Kranich. He has been the Sunday school teacher for this group for the last two years and has been very faithful in teaching them. Did you used to be an elf? I, I did. <laughs> These are uh, nice oil-filled candles that we're going to put in the uh, chancel area on some new stands that are being made. So we're going to have more candles in the chancel. And we'll see these in the next few weeks. So there's four of these in here. So. Wonderful gift. Thank you. Wonderful Thank gift. you, guys. Very nice. Appreciate we'll that. Appreciate that. For a very, very long time. Okay. Uh, lastly, for all the friends and family, so uh, when you come up um, for, for at least for communion, um, and again, if you're not communion, just, just cross your arms because we don't know everybody. Um, but uh, we're going we're gonna to have, when they see their families get in line for communion, then they will get up from the pew and go with you. There's too many kids and too many families to try and do all these separate tables. So when you come down the center aisle, they're going to be keeping an eye out for you. And, you know, being with the family is a very important thing, especially with mom and dad. Okay? All right. That's all I got. Pastor, you're tapping your watch. We're done? Yeah, we're done. Let's, they got to get robes on. Let's stand and close with the Lord's Prayer. Prayer. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name. name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come. come. Thy, thy will be done. done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, 
forever and ever. ever. Amen. Peace be with you. Bring your hymn. Amen. Bring your hymnals up with you. Okay.